This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. A football Friday is on the way to your eardrums on Grant and Danny. It's Friday, December 30th, 2022. I am pumped to be with you for the next four and a half hours, taking you up to 6.30 this evening Solo as Danny completes his vacation into the weekend. I am pumped to be talking ball as we get closer and closer to the end of the regular season, the start of the playoffs, a postseason in the NFL that the Washington Commanders have a really good chance to participate in, which, as you guys know, is a rarity around these parts. We are also going to be looking ahead to the college football playoffs tomorrow on New Year's Eve. We got two great games in the four-team Field in college football. Bobby Carpenter, who covers the college game, the former Ohio State linebacker and longtime NFL defensive player. You may remember him best for his time in Dallas taking on Washington. He's going to stop by the show at 6. I love talking to Bobby. Really good guest. Looking forward to having him on the show. That is four hours from now. We'll be previewing the four clubs with a chance to win the national championship in college football a little over a week from now. Lay of the land ahead. Zach Jackson covers the Browns for the Athletic. He scouts the opponent for us at 3 o'clock today. Who's in, who's out for Cleveland? And what should we expect from Deshaun Watson? Has he knocked enough rust off over the last couple weeks to be effective against this Washington defense? At 5 o'clock today, I'm pumped about this segment. Ryan's been working hard on. We're going to do a check-in. This is a blitz of sorts of the other wild card hopefuls. Remember, Washington can clinch a playoff spot this weekend with a home win and some help. They can also be eliminated. And the other games that matter a whole lot to you are the Seahawks playing the Jets. They're directly behind the Commanders as the first team out in the wild card chase. The Lions, who got blown out by the Carolina Panthers, hosting the Chicago Bears this weekend. If Detroit can get back on the good foot and win with a Washington loss, A Green Bay win would knock the Commanders out of the playoffs. The Packers, by the way, are hosting the Vikings. So we'll check in with Packers, Seahawks, Lions, media members, and get some opinions on those teams as they get ready for their matchups that mean a lot to the Commanders this weekend. That's coming up at 5. So there is a lot on the schedule for you today. Disappointed in the Caps last night, unfortunately, They get a point, they go to overtime, they lose 4-3. That's one of those points that when the season's over and you look back, you're five points short of where you needed to be or seven, eight points away from maybe a a better spot, a better seating 
position in the playoffs, you'll tally up the ones that you let get away. And last night was one of those situations. They were blanked for 20 minutes, didn't play all that well. Scoreless going into the second, and then they had an awesome second period offensively getting three goals. And then the third period, just kind of listlessly going about their business. They give up a late goal to Alex DeBrinkett, who's a Capitals killer going back to the playoffs last season. And another overtime goal from him spelled their doom. They lose 4-3. to three. Uh, Should have got an extra point. Should have been a win. It wasn't. They've got points, though, in 15 of their last 18, so it's hard to be overly disappointed. But I know that most of you listening right now prioritized Thursday night football last night. Cowboys-Titans. We told you to hammer Dallas. And if you could get them at 12.5, 13.5 earlier in the week, you were in a real good spot. They won 27-13. to 13. In a game in which they took their foot off the gas pedal and basically just kind of ran the clock out late because the Titans didn't have healthy bodies and rested a bunch of their banged-up players as they're getting ready for a division title game against the Jaguars in Week 18. But last night, the Cowboys, behind 100 yards from C.D. Lamb, two touchdown catches from Dalton Schultz, and 282 yards passing from Dak Prescott, Got a much-needed win to improve to 12-4. and four. They are well-positioned to be the five-seed in the NFC playoffs, and they still have an outside chance, unlikely, but a chance with a couple Eagles losses and a win next week here at FedEx Field of overtaking Philly to actually win the division and host the playoff game. So they kept those chances alive despite two more picks from Dak Prescott. I mean, have you guys noticed that Dak is turning the ball over at a pretty ridiculous rate here. And one of those two picks was not his fault. You guys know I've said this on the show for many, many years. People love to talk about interception totals without actually giving you the context or watching the plays. And a lot of the times, someone will have two or three picks and maybe none of them are their fault. One of the throws he made to a tight end middle of the field was pretty good and got batted up in the air to a DB. The other pick was pretty atrocious right before the half. But if you look at the worst interceptions per pass attempt ratio... Since week eight, so this is not a small sample. This is now 10 weeks worth almost of football. Dak Prescott is throwing a pick at about 4.3% of his throws. That's the worst in the NFL. The list of the most easily picked off quarterbacks since week eight in the league is Prescott, Davis Mills, Zach Wilson, Derek Carr, and Marcus Mariota. What do all of those guys but Dak have in common? If you said that they've all been benched, you're right. Davis Mills lost his job to Kyle Allen. Now he got it back because Kyle Allen is pretty horrific. Zach Wilson is going to watch Mike White play for the Jets this week. Derek Carr will be a free agent this offseason after his worst year in several seasons. And Mariota is watching Desmond Ritter run the Falcons offense. Dak needs to tighten it up if the Cowboys are going to win in the playoffs. Period. He's just putting the ball in harm's way too often. This was Prescott after the game last night talking about his mates making up for a couple of his decisions. Yeah, I mean, to be able to play this position, uh, you've got to have a short-term memory. Um, Whether the interception you feel is your fault, not your fault, whether you throw it to the guy uh, and uh, lose out on points before half or not, you've got to be able to turn the page uh, and just move on. Uh, I mean, that's something that... 
Honestly, I mean, I take pride in it. Obviously, you know, you're not trying to have that adversity or cause that adversity, but um, good or bad, uh, I'm on to the next play, and that's just uh, I think that's an example of it there, and just not only me but the, but the whole team. And uh, defense obviously stepping up, making plays when, when those unfortunate things happen, and then the offense, everybody, all 11 getting on and uh, just saying let's, let's get, back to, get back on the horse and get rolling. Speaking of Prescott, he got banged up at the end of the half. He got tackled and got up slow. And then after the game, Jerry Jones said that he hyperextended his knee a little bit, which there's two things about that that are pretty noteworthy. The first is that Dak hyperextended his knee because you can't afford to have him not at 100% if you're Dallas. Second is that Jerry Jones gave an injury update on his quarterback right after the game. Why is that guy doing interviews after the game in the locker room? I mean, he is a madman. No one can stop him. He, He just makes his own rules up. He is the silliest of geese, that guy. He is the owner and the GM and the VP football ops and the the part-time head coach, and he kind of tells McCarthy what to do. It's pretty amazing. (laughs) Jerry Jones, after every single game, I've seen it at FedEx Field. I've been in the Cowboys locker room after games, having to either catch up with a former player or going there to interview someone about something when I was on the beat. And Jerry stands there, and all the media members gather around, and like they don't pay any attention to the players who just played in the game. And Jerry's, I thought on third and seven, we probably should have uh, thrown the ball to CD there. That was not the best play call we had from Mike. And he's, he just sits there and breaks everything down like he's an analyst on the Monday after the game as the team owner. It's really incredible. One of those things that should be talked about all the time and isn't. But I digress. So that sets the table then for this weekend and for the rest of Week 17 in the NFL. Coming up at 2.45, I'll give you my top five games of this 17th weekend of the NFL season. It's a great slate, and it culminates with a Monday night football game that I think is one of the best in recent memory. You've got to go back a lot of years to find two teams with records, the quality of the Bengals and the Bills, playing on Monday Night Football. It's the old goatee, baby. That's your game of the year in the NFL, and it's in prime time for Buck and Aikman on the call on Monday. But that brings us to the local 53 and the Commanders, getting ready for the Cleveland Browns Sunday kick at FedEx. As you drive around, hopefully you got plans to either watch the game with some buddies at home or actually go to the game. It sounds like it's going to be really, really nice weather. Our local show meteorologist who bats about 357 on correctly predicting weather, Ryan Clary, says that it's going to be upwards of nearly 60 degrees at FedEx Field for this game. And while it looked like it was going to rain throughout your time tailgating early in the week, even those early rumors are looking up. It sounds like it's going to be mostly dry and very warm and pleasant, so there's no reason for you. If you're going to the game, not to thoroughly enjoy yourself. If you're Carson Wentz, man, it just doesn't seem like there's many excuses for you here. you got a Browns defense that is susceptible to some big plays. They're not able to stop the run typically, and you're going to be able to stay ahead of the chains, presumably. You're playing against a team as a slight favorite at home, not a big favorite. Last time I looked, Washington is laying a point and a half here in this game. But what else can you ask for? Right, You were on the sideline watching this team surge with Taylor Heineke at quarterback, and you know that Wentz was thinking at some point, I'm not going to get a chance to get back out there. 
He's got to be standing there after one of these hero plays from Heineke, even though he knows, like we all knew, that Rivera would have preferred to put him out there. He's probably watching a couple of these recent games. Like at halftime of the Giants game, he's going, all right, I got to get loose. I'm about to play. And then Heineke goes on that clinical 90-plus yard drive to score where he's just dotting the eye and dropping balls in the bucket to McLaurin and Dotson. And Wentz, like the rest of us, was thinking, am I really not going to see the field again? And then Heineke starts off great against San Francisco, and he's starting to make plans for free agency probably. Where am I going to end up next year? What's my fourth team going to be in a four-year span? But you got your wish. You got a chance to make amends for last season. The narrative about him, and I think it's largely incorrect, dating back to last year was that he almost single-handedly ruined the Colts' season by laying an egg at the end of the year. When, in fact, if you go back and you watch, that team completely underperformed. He was a huge part of it, and you're the quarterback. You deserve the majority of the blame on offense for sure. That phase of the game. But if he would have played a better game, if the Colts would have lifted him up or played a better game around him, they'd probably make the playoffs last year. Maybe they win 11 games. He might still be in Indianapolis. And then he gets run out of there, and everyone says, oh, it's because he caved at the end of the year. That made it easy for them to make that decision, but they wanted him out of there from the minute he and the owner, Jim Irsay, who's a silly goose just like Jerry Jones is, by the way, couldn't stand the guy. And I think largely that was over their disagreement on vaccination and some other things. But you fast forward one year, and with a new organization, you've got the exact same opportunity. Two games left. You're a favorite this week. I think there's a chance next week becomes a pick depending on who the Cowboys start. But if they are in position, let's say the Eagles lose against the Saints to win the division, they start everyone. They'll probably be a three-and-a-half or you know, four-point favorite, maybe something like that at FedEx tops. But it's, it's a couple of winnable games here for Carson Wentz. What else can you ask for, man? Where I want to open with you guys on the phones today and where I want to start breaking this game down is how is the offense going to look compared to what it looked like with Heineke? Because I think this is the best question we can ask and the most important answer we'll be getting when we turn on our TVs and start watching this game at 1 o'clock on Sunday or if you're in your seat when you settle in at FedEx Field and peer out toward the grass. This has been a tale of two schemes, really two conceptual ways of moving the football for this team this year. The early part of the year with Wentz, and then the middle to now with Heineke. Very much different offenses if you go back and you watch the games in terms of run-pass balance, shots taken, amount of time that you ask the quarterback to, to hold on to the ball occasionally, what you're asking those guys to do. I think a lot of people assume that the play calling, that the concepts, that the the idea was different just based on who was at quarterback. And I don't agree with that, to be honest with you. I believe that the commanders probably would have preferred to have done things the way they did it with Heineke earlier on. But they didn't have Robinson to go with Gibson. They weren't able to be a power-running team like they wanted to be. Their offensive line was in shambles at the beginning of the season and got better. And now it's probably somewhere between where it was at its best six, seven weeks ago 
And where was it its worst early in the season? It's probably splitting the difference now. It's not in great shape. And so Wentz is going to have to inherit that area of this operation that's not clicking the way that he probably would prefer. But at the beginning of the season, if you remember in week one against Jacksonville, and certainly in week two in the loss to Detroit, and I would even say the next week against Philly when they were down 24 nothing and Hurts threw it all over the park against them in the first half, this defense was not playing at the level anywhere like what it is now. And I think that by getting this defense going and, and cutting down on some of the explosives, uh, the commanders this year, just so you guys know, have allowed 85 explosive plays. Explosives are defined as runs of 12 or more, passes of, I believe, 17 or more. They've allowed 85 of those plays, which ranks number three in the NFL. Only two teams have been better. But if you go back and look, up until this San Francisco game where they gave up five of them, they've been exceptional in this area since early in the season. So since Wentz last played, the defense has improved. The running game has improved. Robinson has become a real asset and a real weapon for this offense. It's almost like the office where Wentz was working is now running a lot smoother than when he was last there. You know, some phones weren't able to call out. It was very messy. They got it cleaned up. And he, he was uh, standing up to work as a makeshift office or something. Now he's got something set up with the window in the corner. So th- there just aren't going to be excuses anymore. And you're really going to get a feel for what this guy's capable of now. I believe that. If he doesn't play well over the next two weeks... See ya. You tried. Cut your losses. It was a bad trade. If he plays really well, Robinson runs for 100 a couple of times. He throws for 275 and makes plays down the field, and the defense plays winning football. You're going to get a look at the formula that they envisioned when they made a deal that a lot of us didn't like anyway. But they did have a plan. They had a vision. We haven't been able to see it yet. I'm not sure if we ever will. But man, oh man, is Sunday a good chance for it. And no time like the present, because it's now or never at this point. But my question for you, I'm going to open up the MGM National Harbor listener lines right now at 800-636-1067. We'll get you on the air as the calls come in, 800-636-1067. You can always tweet me. I'm at Grant H. Paulson. I'll read some of your tweets. Will the offense look different with Wentz? Or do you think they're going to do the exact same thing they've been doing and just insert him? And is that what they should do? Should they just use the claw machine to pick up Heineke, put him on the sideline, pick up Wentz, drop him into the huddle, and act like it's the exact same everything else? Or do you want to see them do something slightly differently? Because they haven't scored points, and they haven't been prolific. They haven't challenged defenses enough. 800-636-1067. We are underway on a football Friday This is big-time football. This is the dream. It's December 30th. You got a game to help punch a ticket to a playoff spot this weekend at FedEx. You're listening to Grant and Danny on The Fan.
Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast Third and ten, Wentz, and caught, touchdown Samuel! What a grab, beat Jimmy Ward for six, a 20-yard touchdown reception. That's the great Kevin Harlan. I'm Grant Paulson, you are listening to The Fan. No Danny today, it's a football Friday. Get you the commander's injury report in just a couple of minutes. Not ideal today. 
Right now, we're taking your calls, getting your thoughts on Washington and Cleveland. What do you think the offense is going to look like compared to what it did with Taylor Heineke? And I don't necessarily mean how do you think Wentz will play, although you can give me a thought on that too if you'd like. I'm more curious on conceptually, schematically, like what are they going to try to accomplish? Do you think they just drop Wentz in and do the exact same thing? Is that what they should do? Because it's how they've had the majority of their success this year. And remember, though, they went tie-loss-loss these last three games, right? So over those three games, they decided to make a quarterback change because something wasn't working. Should they maybe change up how they're going about their business a little bit, too? That's certainly a possibility. Let's go to Fred in Fredericksburg on Grant and Danny. What's up, Fred? How are you? I'm great. Uh, Enjoy your show, Danny. I remember reading a long time ago you did a column when you are gosh, maybe even in high school in the Freelance Stars. That's right. Hey, um, I think that they have to customize it to, to Wentz. Uh, we, we may be splitting hairs. There. There, there, some of it may look the same as what they were doing with Taylor, but like uh, third and long, they're going to have to uh, give some, you know, probably max protect on occasion uh, to give uh, Carson time. He's just not – he's a statue in the pocket, and um, they're going to have to adjust to that, uh, mix in some long balls, uh, but I, I really think they have to get back to NFC's smash mouth running football and then set up the pass that way and, and go for some long balls at that point. Um, uh, I, I'd like to see them do, uh, you know, I, I, I want to see basic type uh, offense because uh, uh, every time they try something real tricky, I, it, usually, it usually fails. But that's kind of my thought on the offense. Appreciate you, buddy. So a couple of things. First thing I would tell you is, you know, it almost sounds like the Sandlot scene. How can you have some more of something when you haven't had any yet? When Smalls is offered a s'more? I don't think you can get back to running the ball and being smash mouth when that's what they've been doing. I mean, they have been running the ball about as much as you can run the ball here lately. If there was a game where they didn't, maybe it was a couple of contests ago against the Giants in the second half where people were really upset. They didn't run it more, but here's the problem with that upset is that they moved the ball the entire second half by throwing it. And they didn't get into the end zone. They didn't thrive in the red zone. And so then the question was, well, did they run it enough down there? Find something that didn't work and say they should have done the opposite. But by and large, if you go back to when they plugged in Heineke post the Chicago game, they have been run first and run dominant. So you're not really going to double down on that any more than you already have. Where I'll agree with you, though, is it should be the philosophy against the Browns. Because what I would do if I was a coach in the league, I guess a couple different things, but the main thing, number one, offensively is I'm going to coach to the defense's deficiency that I'm playing, more so than coach to my own strengths, if that makes sense. When you do your film study and you evaluate the adversary and you come up with what they do really badly, I'm going to do what I need to to attack where they are susceptible. If I see that they have a corner who can't play, we're going after that guy. If I see that they have a safety who gets nosy and and often comes too close to the line of scrimmage and leaves things open behind him, we're going to give him some eye candy and take some shots over the top. And I think when you watch the Browns, and we talked about this quite a bit yesterday, what you see is a team that really struggles to stop the run, that allowed 134.3 yards per game this year, 25th out of 32 teams, in rushing yards against defensively. 
The better metric yards per play, they've allowed 4.87, a pop, 26th. So that's why I'm running the ball this week against Cleveland because I think it's what's going to be most efficient. It's what's going to work. Here is something I would do, though, inserting Wentz into the equation because I think the other thing that good play callers and offensive minds in this league do is they do alter their process and what they're trying to accomplish based on their own personnel, right? It would be pretty foolish to go from Wentz to Heineke and not make some changes. They're not the same guy. We could say that they were similarly productive, but one of them has a big arm and the other doesn't. One of them is able to turn pressures into scrambles and throwaways and completions. The other, generally, when he's pressured, gets sacked. They're different dudes, so you can run different things. Just like they should have made some changes when they went to Heineke, now you make some changes when you go back to Wentz. The first thing I would do this weekend if I was Scott Turner, and this is a general rule for me as an offensive mind, if you will, I need to see more throwing the ball on first down. Don't mistake that as me telling you that I am trying to be a throw-first team. That's not what this team should try to be. Not with Miles Garrett coming off the edge. Not with this offensive line right now. Everybody wants to be the Chiefs and the Bills and the Bengals and be able to stand there and sling it, right? Everyone wishes you could you could be Justin Herbert and just sling the ball all over the place. What I would like to do, though, is be a really good running team that takes a lot of shots on first down. They exist, by the way. The Eagles, who have lost twice all year, are a great example. That's as good a rushing team as there is in the NFL. They are number six in the National Football League in early down pass rate. The Eagles will throw when it looks like you're going to get a run. The Vikings do this very well under Kevin O'Connell, their first-year head coach. This is a Dalvin Cook operation, right? I think their offense at this point goes through Cousins and Jefferson and Les Cook, but they are still a team that can run it when they want to. On early downs, though, their pass rate is number seven in the NFL. They're going to throw on first and try to get a couple. Maybe that's slipping a ball out to Justin Jefferson or throwing something in the middle of the field to a tight end. And it's going to set up second and six or seven. It can work as an extension of the running game. And that's something I would like to see Washington do this weekend. Do you know where the commanders rank this year in early down pass rate? If you line up all 32 teams in early down pass rate, Washington is 30th. They're very predictable. They have the same early down pass rate as the Chicago Bears, who can't throw the ball. The only two teams that are worse than Washington in terms of the number of times they call passes on early downs, Saints, Falcons, and Atlanta. We saw that offense when they were here. I mean, they had Mariota, and now it's Ritter who hasn't been good. I mean, they don't have quarterbacks. They have to run the ball, basically, on every down. Washington's weapons are too good for that. It's such a waste of Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson and Curtis Samuel. And then I'll have a drop-off and say, you know, Logan Thomas or Gibson if he's healthy or McKissick if he's healthy. Like, the weapons that exist here, you shouldn't be 30th in early down pass rate. You just shouldn't. They get very first and 10 run happy. And when you're getting 
five at a time like they did the entire night against the Eagles, that's awesome. But look at the offenses that are lowest in how often they throw the ball on first down. The Falcons, the Saints, the Commanders, the Bears, the Titans, the Panthers. These are terrible offenses. These are offenses that you want to play that don't really present any problems. You don't want to be in that bucket. The teams that throw the ball on early downs, the Bengals, the Chiefs, the Chargers, the Bills, the Seahawks, the Eagles, the Vikings, the Dolphins, the Bucks, they're all headed to the playoffs or playing games in the next couple of weeks to get into the postseason, just like Washington is to their credit. They have walked this high-wire act and it's worked. So I think when people hear what I'm saying, they can bristle because the thought is that I am trying to go away from the run script, and that's not what I want to do. Essentially, I want to throw it when they're waiting on a run and run it when they're looking for a pass. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to move the pocket with Wentz. It's going to be some bootlegs. We're going to get him outside the tackle box occasionally, and that's how we're going to take our shots. But on first down, it's wide receiver screen to McLaurin, slant to McLaurin. It's uh, out of the shotgun, one of those little pop passes where – Almost like an RPO, you fake the handoff on the inside zone, and now you got Dotson coming across the middle on a dig. Those are my first down looks that I'm trying to major in if I'm Scott Turner. Let's go to Chris in Hyattsville. Chris, what do you think will look different, if anything, about this offense? Should anything look different with Wentz? Well, I don't know what's going to look different. I know what I want to see different. You know, the the whole book on Heineke was he couldn't see over the line of scrimmage, and that's why we didn't have any intermediate passing game. Uh, and largely, Logan Thomas was eliminated from the offense. Well, now you've got a big six foot five, you know, prototypical quarterback. I want to see the ball over the middle of the field. I want to see more slant routes. I want to see more catches from our slot receiver, if we have one. And another thing, this is, you know, a lot of been said about what we have to do to make the game conducive for wins. Well, enough of that. I want to see Wentz overcome some adversity for once. You know, this is his last chance maybe in his career to claim a starting quarterback role. He's going to have to bone up. He's going to have to play and show up. There's going to be some adversity out there. He's going to have to avoid a sack or two or overcome a third and long or a penalty. He did not do that at all at the beginning of the season. I also want to see one more thing. They've got to be able to sustain drives. When Wentz was a quarterback – whether it was first Dallas, early in Detroit, or first Philadelphia, they couldn't stay on the field. They put their, their defense behind the sticks constantly, and that demoralizes the team. You don't have to score on every possession, but you've got to re- retain the ball and gain some, some momentum so the defense isn't out there all day. Yeah, they did that a little bit when it was going good before it got ugly. Appreciate the call. I mean, they had a 33-minute time of possession against Jacksonville as an example when Wentz threw for 313 yards and four touchdowns. That's way back in week one. Detroit, you mentioned at halftime, I think they had the ball for like four minutes. They'd done nothing. It was pretty gross. But if you go to that uh, Tennessee game, which was week five, if memory serves, uh, FedEx Field against the Titans, that was more of what they wanted to be, I'd say, offensively. And if they had any problems in that game with time of possession, it's because they scored quickly. Remember, they had a one-play drive with a 75-yard touchdown. And still, you know, against the Titans, who ran it 30 times, I think it was 28 carries for Derrick Henry and another one for Hilliard, 
they still were about even in time of possession. So they did that okay when it was good, and it got really bad really fast. That was the Cowboys, that was the Eagles games, and eventually you know, the Bears game. And I don't necessarily know what to do with that because of the broken finger, to be frank. If you want to call like Chris did, you can, 800-636-1067. What would you change about this offense with Carson Wentz taking back over? I have been calling all along for a very similar look to the offense and just having him out there because he's an upgrade as a passer, and maybe that's enough. But as they have cooled, I also think there is some opportunity here to get a little bit more creative and maybe aggressive. Throwing the football, pushing the ball downfield. I mean, why else did you trade for him? What was the point of giving up the picks and the money if not for actually trying to to utilize the big arm? Why did you draft Jahan Dotson in the first round if you're not going to try to use him? And the fact is, they're just not scoring enough. I mean, they have not been over 20 points offensively since the Eagles game, and that was the only time they were over 20 points since October 23rd, well over two months ago. 800-636-1067 on Grant and Danny. I'll give you my top NFL games of Week 17 as well next on G&D on the Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Top of the hour in 12 minutes, Zach Jackson covers the Browns 
for The Athletic going to join me to scout the opponent. Looking forward to finding out who's in and who's out for Cleveland. And is it true that Deshaun Watson is starting to turn a corner, as some of the media in Cleveland has been saying this week? Also get into Chase Young and increasing the expectations for him next hour as well after a strong first outing, I thought, in San Francisco. We could take your temperature on that. We'll get back to the phones in just a moment. MGM National Harbor listener lines are open. 800-636-1067. Talking to you right now about how this offense is going to look. Here's my top five games, though, of the weekend, as promised. Number five, I got the Dolphins at the Patriots. Miami's 8-7, and seven, New England 7-8. and eight. I've got this one at number five because I can't pick this game straight up confidently. Forget the spread. I have no idea what's going to happen in this game, which is pretty cool. Uh, the Dolphins with Tua would be a pretty heavy favorite, and I would expect them to win. Tua's been ruled out with a third concussion of the year. Teddy Bridgewater gets the nod for Miami. They got great weapons, but he hasn't looked particularly good when he's played this year. Bill Belichick and the Patriots defense will be ready to go. I don't trust their offense as far as I can throw it. Number four game of weekend number 17 in the NFL, the Jets and the Seahawks in Seattle. Both are 7-8. and eight. Both have to win to keep their slim playoff hopes alive. Seattle with a win and a Washington loss would be in the playoffs for the moment. Jets, by the way, laying a point and a half here. They get Mike White back. I think the Jets win this game because I think White is going to make enough plays and their pass rush should be able to get to Geno Smith. Seattle's offensive line's been dead last in the NFL at protecting the quarterback over the last six weeks. Number three, game of the weekend for me, Panthers-Bucks. This is pretty gross, but it's essentially a division title game. Week 18 will have something to do with the South probably as well. But Carolina beats Tampa Bay. They have the same record as the Bucks and the tiebreaker going into the final week of the season. Carolina is not supposed to be here. They're the opposite of Tampa. I don't know how they're doing this. The Bucks, flip side of that, how are they not better? But uh, it's going to be fun to watch Carolina, Tampa Bay for the worst division in football. Number two game of the week, Vikings and Packers. Minnesota's 12-3. and They win close games every single week. Kirk Cousins closing in on an NFL record with eight game-winning touchdowns and game-winning drives on the season. Packers at 7-8, and now ripping off a winning streak, have a 37% chance to make the playoffs. They need to win, and they need a Washington loss. And finally, and we'll talk more about this game later on, the best game of the weekend is the Bills and the Bengals. 12-3 and Buffalo wins. They're almost certainly the one seed in the AFC. If they lose, they probably fall to the three seed in the conference. Bengals hard charging, looking for win number 12. Chiefs watching closely because Kansas City's the two seed. They could move up to the top spot with a Bills loss. It's my number one game in my top five of the weekend. I want to sneak in Kevin and Arlington here on G&D. What's up, Kev? Hey, buddy. Happy Eve of New Year's Eve. You too. So... So, yeah, so I want you to uh, go back in time, and let's go back to 2007 with the Coriel Gibbs Snyder's offense. That you know, Scott's the modern version thereof. 15 years later, but they leaned on their playmakers in the run game, Portis, and in the passing game, Moss and Cooley, to go on a you know a December to remember. And uh, Collins ended up being uh, NFC Offensive Player of the Month for December, and he didn't do anything all that special. 
okay? And that's the recipe for success. I've been fearing losing out, but to me, lean on the run, get ahead of Cleveland, hold the lead, don't chase the game, you know, using hockey parlance, and they could win this. I really, truly feel your idea also about throwing more on first down is huge. I would really like to see us go against Tennessee because when I think about the Gibbs years, both times, he went against tendencies in big games, and that brought us victory. So I'm hoping you're right, brother, that we do uh, uh, that. And, and, and to not lean too much on Wentz because I don't think that's fair to him, and I don't think that's a recipe for success. They know that too. And the big thing is going to be to not let him turn the ball over. Heineke fumbled a handful of times the last three weeks, a couple of them very, very costly. They need Wentz to protect the football when he's being hit and not throw picks. All right, next, we will get the latest on the Browns. We'll scout the opponent with one of their beat reporters in Cleveland. We'll also be looking into Chase Young getting the start for the first time of the season this weekend, next hour as well. You're listening to Grant and Danny on The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 